One day we're gonna put some words to that to that little guitar riff. What you think? Well, if you hear that, you know you're back with us in the studio on the Woodsman Perspective podcast, and uh, we're glad you came back. That means you, you weren't too offended by the last one, and that's always a good thing. Uh, but we're in today, and uh, it's me and Chris and Mitt, and we got a special guest that's, that's come along for this talk, and we want to uh, maybe step back a little bit from some of the technical and uh, talk about a little bit of nostalgia and a little bit of history. Let's talk about hunting, and uh, one thing we all have talked about before is sort of that that deer camp culture you know, we all, yeah we all got into this thing a little bit different ways but but it doesn't take too long when you start talking to your buddies about hunting and we start talking about how we came up somebody's gonna mention deer camp been in a hunting club that's right hunting clubs and deer camps and and it's a little bit of a uh i guess a dying tradition i, I know i so. miss it yeah i mean it's pretty safe to say i mean it, it's a different <clears throat> culture different uh different environment it, it, it was fun. It was, you know, it was when you didn't have anything and you got in a hunt club or got invited to go to a hunt club, that was a big thing. I mean, that was the, hey, you, I mean, you was excited. You got to hunt and there's other people, you know, I mean, you got to be around other hunters and stuff. And I mean, yeah, some of those relationships, that was the only time of the, that's, that's that was, that was the relationship. That was the connection, the common bond. So that was the only time you would see yeah, some of those you, people. Know, you met people and I can remember people this day, 40 years later. That you know, some of them are past, but that I still see that I remember them from being at the hunting club, you know, and and being at some of those places that I got invited to go to. Yeah, well, for me, it was always a little bit mysterious because I remember growing up. So in the eighties, we did a lot of our hunting on family land in in southeast Arkansas, and so going to and going from like where we hunted, from where my grandparents lived, my family lived, there were places along the highway where it, it, most of the year, it kind of looked like a roadside park or just a little a dead-end road with a few campers. But for that month or so of deer season, it turned into a little town, a little village, and that was a deer camp. And a lot of those camps were dog camps. That's right, running dogs. Then. Yeah, they ran dogs. And that was always, to me, the coolest thing. You know, I enjoyed what we did and the way we hunted, but that deer camp was always a little mysterious. I thought he was going to say when he talked about mysterious, is that one memory that you had with that lazy eye? That every camp had to get a crazy fellow. Oh, yeah. 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 Everybody had it. Yeah. Maybe a Vietnam vet. That's I mean, right. Yeah. yeah. But it was always shot a, Best a, a carbine. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Some of my favorite memories weren't in the woods. It was around the skinny rack and in the, in the kitchen. I mean, that's, that's, that was hunting camp to, to me. And and you always, you know, it, I can remember the first buck I killed. It was Kemper County Hunting Club. And I got invited to go down and went with someone because, you know, my father never hunted growing up. And um, so I got invited to Kemper County Hunting Club. Well, I went down there and lo and behold, a dog come running. We done hunted all morning, didn't see a deer. And then I, and then a pack of dogs come run this big buck and i threw up and i had a over and under sight how i hit him i don't know but i threw up and shot and hit him it was a 140 inch deer now you talk about in the 80s lucky as a Dang. look we come bringing that thing in and i can tell you everybody in the camp was eyeballing it and and, and met one of your clients but jason hollis was there that day I called him to. I didn't want to lie on 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 camera. I mean on on, <laughs> on document. On document. Yeah. yeah. But he was there. That was thirty four years ago. Wow. That's this a good this month, thirty four years ago. Yeah. Well, look, we got a. Uh, you know, I mentioned we got a guest in here, and uh, we'll unmute his mic and let him talk. But look, we got got Shane Grantham. He's a good friend of ours, and 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 a 
we joke about uh you know we talk about being in the meat house studio that's because we're next door to chris's operation at prairie meat and and shane and the granthams are, are what we call prairie meat all-stars no question no question whole family mvps that's right uh, and, and me personally i work with shane we work together on a day job and and i've i've had i've hunted with him and his family and his kids and, and just enjoy it but one thing when we talked about a deer camp sort of this theme i said man i got the guy he, him and his whole family hunt together on on uh, dancing rabbit on and a, a big camp right here close to us in knoxby county mississippi yeah. and uh <clears throat> yeah knoxby county mississippi and, and it's just a cool this day and age because of big tracks getting broken we, we can go through all the reasons but That's there's right. just not as much opportunity for that deer camp and uh and so we brought shane in to sort of sort of talk about that life and that culture and and, and they're doing it now. You know, we talk about how it used to be, and they're, they're still doing it now, and I think that's really cool. No so, Shane, I'm going to hand it off to you. What do you think? That sounds good. <clears throat> well, tell us a little bit about your story and kind of how y'all ended up in the camp and, and, and how y'all uh, how y'all hunt. I grew up hunting with my dad, um, hunting the Knoxby Refuge. Uh, if, you, if, you're well, if you know it, it's Keaton Tower Road and Center Grove Road. Oh, I know them two roads well. Man. <laughs> and I run that side up and down them in the spring <laughs> with the sunroof open. Yeah. Listen, Dad and I would get up and go down there, and it seemed like we walked a mile all the way to the creek on the south side of the Keaton Tower Road. And never killed a deer down there. Dad would kill it, but I wouldn't kill it. And I didn't kill my first deer until I was 14 years old. My dad actually let me skip school. Shot it with a muzzleloader. It was a 10-point. So... Man, and you it, and Chris both come out of the gate with big deer. <laughs> yeah, man, it was. Then after that, my dad joined a camp with a firefighter buddy of his. Had about a thousand acres. They ran dogs, and we got to steal hunt when dog season wasn't in. And then up to the point when Jenny and I had our two boys, Dad made the move to join a, a deer camp. And the reason why he wanted, he wanted a place for his grandkids to go. And so that's that's how Dad got involved with the deer camp. Yeah, that's how y'all end up in, in Dancing Rabbit. Yes. Dancing Rabbit. Uh, Dad was a fire chief, and he had another fire chief buddy, Mr. Mike Stevenson, invited him down a couple of hunts, and the next year Dad joined it. Yeah. So. And that's pretty old club, right? Yes, 1954. Man, 1954. Yeah. Now, that, now, so so Barge, Barge Timber Company owns that, and, and they own there's, thousands there's several, of acres. Yeah. 50, 60, I don't want to misquote. They own a lot, yeah. of, acre, a lot right. a lot of land down there, and there's several big clubs sort of similar to Dancing Rabbit yes. that uh, are sort of self-governed. So, they, they got their own boards and separate prop, separate land, uh, separate boundaries and rules. And, and one thing about Barge and, and Grantham, you can tell me, Shane, but you know they're really big on the old hunting clubs being, you know, being on their property. Yes, they, they just they 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 kind of like that. You yeah, know, they, I like Chris and I went to a meeting. Of, yeah, you, and you I wrote us in there. there. We we, do, right. we cooked some some sausage, sausage prairie meat sausage. Dad was there as a board member. Pitch. Yeah, and uh, what I thought was really neat was how barge management. So you yeah. know, I worked with barge right over the sawmill electric side. You know, right. They're one of our customers, and uh. But to see that the barge management down there engaged, they brought and every with those club. Clubs. They and brought that, every club together to go over yeah. rules, rules and regulations. regulations. Yeah, what was expected. Yeah. And they they talked some about the history of that property, and, and and I think they had, so they had it before the U.S. Fish and Wildlife took, made a refuge out of Knoxby, Kent, Knoxby yes. Refuge, right? I think that's right. They would have got a lot of it. Um, they got a lot of it before. Um, yeah, and they were having false, problems yeah, with a lot that's of. Right. Of poaching, the, the hunting clubs really stabilize and help them manage and help them keep some of the poachers and and, and 
it, it improved the land the having the hunting clubs. Right. It, it it protected their investment. Um, and I tell you That's what, paraphrasing the way right, they but you it, know but. the the way we've talked about economics before, but and Shane will tell you, you know the, um, but the way they use the hunting club on a per acre basis, you know it helps them pay the taxes on all yes. that land. I mean they're not exempt from taxes. That's right. So I mean, y'all pay. A, I mean, that's know. part of our dues. It goes through bards, right? And um, but Shane, kind of tell us a little bit about the, you know, kind of the, the the, the day to day stuff. Club, when y'all get down there, like on, a, like on a Saturday, if you go down there on a Saturday, what are y'all expecting as far as eating and and hunting and? This year, I was actually able to purchase a cabin. So we've been actually going down on a Friday night. Okay. Uh, Jace and Carson, my son and daughter cooking out with my dad and then uh, Saturday morning we've got a member that anytime he's down there he cooks breakfast he gets up at four o'clock in the morning he'll come to you the night before and ask you are you eating and then he'll get up and prepare breakfast I mean it's biscuits how many, how many y'all eat usually it's probably 10 to 15 that's awesome each of yeah. us take turns bringing biscuits sausage right. and bacon and stuff and right. he'll he'll walk around hey you want an egg and his 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 thing is a runny egg Right, I mean, it's, he, he talks about that runny egg so much that his buddies went to his shooting house and painted runny egg on it, and that's what he calls it when he signs out to go hunting. Going down to runny egg, and he goes I, down to runny egg. I thought you said running egg earlier. I think it made you run by, by the time the sun came up. That might do that. I don't know. I don't need eggs. Uh, and you were telling me earlier about it. You know, used to. Years ago, they actually would cook lunch. Like y'all had it had it worked out where there was people who cook lunch, and you you would donate a hind quarter of a deer. That's correct. That's the coolest thing to me. When we first yeah. got in it, there was two ladies that would come up there about nine thirty, and they would start preparing the meal. You would get donate a hind quarter for camp meat, and the ladies would prepare a meal: deer, fried deer meat, mashed potatoes, peas, green beans, cornbread, and That's the awesome. members would just pay five dollars a plate just right. to pay the ladies is right. all it was yeah. that's awesome and it, it would be the point that my wife would ride down just to eat with us hang out a little bit and then she'd ride back home that's, that's awesome. cool culture that, and that's you know, neat that first deer i can remember brent at kemper county hunt club so i didn't know how to clean a deer i, mean, I wasn't 13 14 and and um so after we killed the deer they brought it to the skin shack and everybody was oohing and on and then they went to cleaning it and it, it was so neat they took that deer and they put it on a table, and they brought out big old hacksaws, butcher knives, a big uh, roll uh, of butcher paper, b- roll of butcher paper, and a and a, and a and a cleaver, cleaver, and I'm sitting there looking big old wooden table, and they broke that whole deer down, and I can remember this day because we didn't eat deer meat. My my daddy was a butcher. I mean, we eat beef. We didn't eat no deer. Yeah. But they gave me the back straps out of the deer, and then the club. Everybody got a piece of meat. Really. Yes, sir. Everybody, they 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 sectioned it off, and and I, I had to, so I reached out to the guy that was still in that club, and and I called him earlier today, and and I said, do y'all still do? He said, no. Nah. He said we did it for years. He said every we wanted everybody, whether you killed a deer or not, you could carry home a piece of meat. You know that reminds me of Mitt. You ever read the Tenth Legion? I have. The first chapter when Tom Kelly starts, he, he says, "I'll spare you having to go on a deer hunt. I'll tell you all about it." Yes, right. He talks about that, how right how they, they they divide the meat up, and the guy shows back up at his house on That's Sunday it. night, throws a chunk of 
meat on the counter and tells his wife, we got one. Got one. <laughs> so our, our tax was similar to, to Shane's, um, except ours was a little more expensive. We had to give up a hind quarter and a back strap. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. But it, you, you gladly did it, too, because uh, you got to eat we had we had a, a, a in-house. One of the members was an old ornery fellow that rarely hunted, but he took pride in cooking yeah. and just made the best red-eye gravy and biscuits and, and good fried deer meat. Well, if and, we start a camp, I'm, I'm, I got dibs on that position. Ain't yeah, no doubt about on the grumpy was, on the grumpy camp cook. Yeah, that was. Uh, Where was y'all at, man? We were in Como, Mississippi. So it's in the Delta. So yeah, I I didn't grow up with a place to hunt either. And, and matter of fact, my dad didn't even hunt. But one thing he did do good it reminds me of your dad, Chris. When I got to where I could drive, he made sure that he 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 bought a membership in the hunting club. And right. some men that he knew that he had grew up with. He gave so you he an knew opportunity. I was, yep. And so I, that allowed me to get around you know older men that mentored me in, in the hunting. And I know I just have the the fondest memories of that time because it's certainly not like today. And I really think that's why we have a hard time recruiting young ones into the, into the fold is because it didn't matter what we killed with a spike or a 10 point. There were grown men standing around the skinning rack waiting to slap me, slap high five with me, tell me the whole story. I mean, it was, those are the the memories. I mean, the hunt is secondary to the stories that I have and the memories that I have back at the hunting. It's like the old saying, you may not remember what somebody said, but you remember how they made you feel. No doubt. And you feel like a hero. That's right. That's skin and shit. If it's a spike or a four point, and and you got a bunch of grown men who you look up to. Yep, that you admire, that are telling you you congratulations. That's right. And that just doesn't happen. It's no, it wasn't any little buck shaming that goes on. I believe he needed one more year. I don't believe I'd have shot that. It yeah. wasn't an A and B hunting club. But I promise you that. We didn't I tell Brent. And I, if it was, you the, the great takeaway is if it was, you don't know it now because they didn't show it. That's right. Yeah, hundred yeah, they, percent. They I tell Brent them. all the time, and I love to kill big deer, and we manage them. But it was so fun back then shooting it all, not knowing we didn't have cameras. It was quantity over quality. Look, yes, the, the, <laughs> hey, didn't have the quantity and, and, and we have and now. Sh- either, Shane right. agreed with on this one. The big thing back in is, man, that thing got dew claws. If it does, that's a good buck. <laughs> I don't know where that myth come from, but if it had dew claws behind it, it was a buck. And and I mean, you just man, that's all you talked about was that deer track. You talking about? Oh yeah, see yeah, the track. Dew claws. That's right. I mean, if it had those claws, man, you hey, he was a big one. I tell you something and, else. And it, it, it's it funny. Was one of my one of my favorite memories. And Shane, I know y'all have one if you're in a hunting club. But that famous work day. Oh, that yes. work day in September. Look, well, day. You, if you had a look, if you had an eight in forward tractor, you brought it. You, if you brought had a it. chainsaw, and if you didn't have either one of those, you picked up sticks and you towed sacks. I or mean, clean the bunk or clean bunk And you always had that football coach that his dudes got paid for. He brought a weed eater. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I mean, he had weed eater. And he probably bought it from the school. That's right. <laughs> but it, it was just a you know it it, it that mentality. I mean, we all laughing, but right now I'm looking at us all in our 40s. And I'm a little younger than the rest of these guys here. but And, 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 and I'm looking, at, and I can just see in y'all's eyes. That's appropriate right there. He got me on that, Jane. But, but I can see that the memories, and they do, man. They start running. And, and yeah. you start thinking about it. I think about guys that, are, that have passed and, and, and where I'm at today and where I started at. I wouldn't take anything for it. Brent, Chris has always told us his granddaddy was a plantation owner. I didn't know he knew anything about about hunting clubs. I I learned something about it. If he he did it, skip several generations. (laughs) Daddy daddy didn't get them either. There's several things we're going to circle back to Chris on. That camp food, too. That camp cooking. But uh, it's just, uh, you know, that 
level, and, and I tell people, you know, when we got into high school, we, we end up, there was a big club, and you love this name, Mitt, called Deer Slayers. And I mean, you want if you, them as a neighbor today, listen, though, don't you? If you was in, <laughs> hey, if you was in Deer Slayer Hunting Club, you was something because they was the ones where you didn't have to wait to the 26th and 27th, those two doe days that we got in the 80s, early 90s. They, they, they'd take a couple early. Yeah. Yeah, and they'd yeah. hide them under two Slip boxes. Two and, yeah, oh yeah. yeah. That, but listen. you know, there's all those legendary club names that that probably every region has that are similar. But right. one I remember up around Caledonia, even in the early nineties, was Miss Alice. Well, there's Miss Alice like That's around right. New Hope, well, and there were several of those clubs yeah. that where it was mainly dog clubs by then. That's right. Yeah. And and you know, we still lease. I I manage about I don't know twenty five thousand acres, and I handle the hunting leases. And it's a big thing in Alabama. They still run a lot of hunt clubs yeah and, and a lot they, bigger tracks a lot, lot bigger big, tracks big and, and they'll hook stuff together and and uh you know over the years here in mississippi the dog running has been you know several timber companies got together and wiped out dog hunting on their property because they was getting a lot of backlash from um private landowners hey man your dog's running across and you know they old saying our dog can't read a poster sign so it get, got into that mentality with them hunting clubs got tired of it yeah and they started capitalizing like shane and them's you know timber coming hey we can get some good club members, and we can charge them seven to ten dollars an acre, and we don't have to put up all this headache. Yeah, and that kind of leads me to what you know some things to talk about. You know, Shane, you can weigh in on. So these days we talk about again we talk about the camp that deer camp atmosphere in the past. Well, like so today with the, with the culture around hunting, with the with the management and the and the land management and game cameras and all that. How does that how does that operate today? Like, so do y'all are y'all what kind of management practices? What do y'all do as far as food plots and? Uh, we just started doing summer food plots. What two years ago? Got new management in there. Uh, our president is he manages a high dollar golf course over in Alabama, so he brought his skill set and took charge of planning the That's food awesome. plots. Yeah. And he does the summer pl- food plots all the camp on the power line and the gas line. And then if, if you want your individually plots done, he would do that for you too. Now Shane, y'all, so y'all got, got a lot of club, acres. Y'all got a mix yes, of clubs. 6,000 acres. 6,000. So y'all got like some one. community food plots and then you got individual ones. Yes, you, I think there's, kind of there's eight food plots that are club, anybody, first come, first serve on the power line and there's six on the gas line. I got you. And Shane, then, did, please tell me y'all got the old pin in board. Do y'all got one? No, we've got we got the map up, and then we just got a board. We sign out and uh, like okay. put where we're going. Right, Look, I've so. gone up there with him. You know, t- going mostly taking the kids to go yeah. turkey hunting or something youth right. weekend, and and you go in that camp house. And I'm telling you, I don't mean to overstate the, the nostalgia of you. Know, I led with that, but it's when you go in that camp house. To me, it's like I step back in time thirty years. It's just a neat camp house with a big, basically like a commercial kitchen. And you've got all you got the notes, the memos. You've got rules, rules, rules photo uh, board, old horns, and and turkey fans. Pictures. And, and you, know, you can see over in the bunk room, and it's just neat, man. Yeah. It's a neat atmosphere. Yeah. I enjoy going down there just as a guest. We had claim stands, so differently than just you know first come first off. You know, and, and what was interesting about that is we had two claim stands per membership. And so you could kind of make your nest in that area the way that you wanted to. You could make your food plots and things like that and knew that it was it was protected. You didn't have, you know, somebody coming in at the back door on you when you had to go to work on Monday. I mean it and that worked out that worked out real good. Um of course the the the, the 
first members, guess what? They had the best place. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> and that's what we're doing now. Like, if you have a, a power line stand or a gas line, that's yours. But if you get out, the club takes over that patch, so your new members will actually have a could have a place to hunt on the gas line that's a good or the power line instead of just giving it to somebody else or you buying it from that other guy. That's a good addition. Shane, is yeah. it hard to get in? I guess when y'all get y'all set and y'all got good. You know, a good group. Usually we have maybe one or two openings a year, but it's not that many. And we yeah, cut down. a lot of turnover. No, we right. cut down on the membership also. Right. So, well, it helps. That's right. Yes. But y'all got a lot of land. I I never dreamed of having 6,000 acres. You know, we I think the club we had was like 400 or 500 acres. And then the, the, the one that we got after the clubs break up. You know, one thing about a hunting club. They always gonna break up, you know. Use yes. the old ones Used because them. you get, you know, people buy it, and, and then you have generations. You have die, you know, people the die land out. Owner. Their kids, yeah. and you know, kids, grandkids, want to do something different, and and uh, that's really what broke up the uh, around where we're at, Brent. Yeah, if you think about it, is is you know, is as landowners, the older generation that love the hunt club, their kids got it, and you know. They didn't want folks running all up and down their property. They didn't want so it, it, it become isolated. Yeah. You know, each track was isolated by itself. And then when you don't have enough land, you, you have you don't fragmentation. Have contiguous acres, yeah. all of a yeah. sudden it gets hard to manage That's right. not the wildlife, it gets hard to manage the club. And yeah. And I can remember and this was in the in the eighties, but the last year that, that Deer Slayer Hunting Club, and that's in Lowndes County, that, that last year they kind of put the... Well, they some, leave some land next to me right now. <laughs> they, they put the memo out, hey, we're breaking up the club. I don't think they left a deer. I don't think they left a pair of hooves on the ground. <laughs> they shot them. That on. name rang true, didn't Look, it? That's right, because we ended up getting 160 acres. One of the family guys that took it out, we we was we all played ball together, and, and uh, we were able, it was called the Indian Mound, and they had an old camp house that sat on top of an old Indian Mound. And it was the some of the man. I mean, we had rats that'd be big as long as your leg, and we'd set traps and we'd set them glue traps. We'd all put in five dollars a piece. Whoever caught the most rats and the biggest one, I mean, would get the ticket. I mean, it was pretty rough, <laughs> but it. But I wouldn't. I mean, it was awesome. I wouldn't take no. anything for it. It was great. But I can remember for a year or so, I don't think we saw a deer. We we look. We even went back to the old schools to look. It worked for them in the 60s and 70s. We did a big man, man drive, drive. Mm-hmm. and if you jumped one and didn't get killed, I mean, it was – and that was a big thing. And it was always that guy that would throw them hands up there. Man, he was a hoss. And, you know, a rocking look at, chair on his head. Yeah, rocking chair. And you look at his hands, it's about 36 inches in between them. So it was a, <laughs> I mean, it was a Muey Grande from Texas, you know. We, yeah. But it was uh, – but they uh, – those clubs, and it was a bunch of clubs back then, and they all started breaking out, and um, – you know, you think about people today, us losing hunters. Well, it, it's harder for a person, especially if you move into play. Like Brent, when your daddy moved, you know, when he started coming to work at Warehouse, you moved mm-hmm. in here. You didn't know anybody. Didn't know anybody. So yeah. if you didn't have a club to get in, you're out. Yeah. You know, that I mean, core land along the waterway that's is right. what kind we of kept that. us hunting. We had that's access right. to it. Uh, but if you that, didn't, you know, and your dad could back then could scrape up 300 or 350. Yeah, well, club for, for you for club membership and could bring one guest or you know I remember one club you'd have to pay if you brought you could bring one guest and I think it was ten dollars and if you brought two it was twenty or twenty twenty five you know and um but it you know they could afford that and you look at it now as high as land prices are 
and really as high as leases have become because people push the prices yes. up on them. Uh, you know, that's that's part of, of why I think, me personally, I think people are getting out of hunting because they don't have a place for their kids. And Shane and his daddy were smart enough. He wanted his kids to enjoy this part of their life, and that's what y'all done. Yes. And, I mean, you can take it, listen, for the rest of their life, they'll remember what and y'all done. that's those memories that are just irreplaceable. Yeah. Yep. You know? And as a club, like, you know, he shifts some of that duty you didn't have to do it yourself you can get them out there in that club environment because shane don't y'all do a big youth don't they do a sort yes. of function and get together down there for i can youth? remember Trist, tristan my oldest son who's not in the deer hunting anymore his first youth day there we had 20 youth oh it's awesome. there and it's it's a cool that picture is still on the board all those and kids all the kids there how the president and other board members had games set up had goodie bags cooked hot dogs had chips and that kind of went away, and we got new board members now. And one of the board members, he's a third generation, and he's got two young kids. And he made it a point to bring back the youth. And I think two years ago, we had 14 youth. Yeah. And you even we sent, yeah, we yeah, sent brought the youth sponsors. Yeah, some sauce. Yeah, yeah. Sauce right. there, so. I right. bet you a dime to a donut, you could line all those kids up right now yes. in this room right now and interview them. And one of the, the last memories that they would talk about would be their experience in the tree stand yeah. it would be it's back camp. it would be back at the camp you know around the skinning rack in the kitchen around those games yep. they were doing that yep. was deer camp to me yep that was deer that camp. whole that atmosphere and yep. all those things yep. even if you didn't hunt that day you were gonna be at the skinning rack come dark that's yeah. right i mean you you were gonna make it if you were in town had to work you're gonna be at the skinning rack at dark well, like Shane wanna... said, you know, Tristan killed his first deer down there. Y'all got a lot of firsts, a lot yes. of big memories down uh, there, don't you? My wife killed her first deer. Tristan, Jason, Carson, all all of them have killed their first deer there. And there's usually that one member, Mr. Mike Stevenson. He came, and I got pictures of Jenny, Car uh, Jenny Tristan, and Jace where he's come up there and put blood on her yeah, face. Yeah, that yeah, old tradition. Old, no doubt about it. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Mike was the only one that could touch Jeannie that day with blood. I, she told me I better not put it on her. I, <laughs> look, our guy was James Horace Finney. He's the one that bloodied all the faces yeah. of the first of the first. Took kids. a lot of pride yep. in it, no too. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. And you were excited as a kid. If you saw James Horace Finney coming. It was your turn. It was your time. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's just memories. I mean, we, we um, you know, we're in the – we're in the the business every day. It's 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 running. It's it's you know it's extreme. But the little things that we don't do anymore, Mitt. Now we're we're mad. I get on Mitt all the time. Cause he ain't been out his place. Well, I ain't got nothing to shoot. I mean, if you would have had a place like that. Oh, I know. And I know. During that club, number one, he wouldn't have a place like. Is that club would bloat it to to to, to <laughs> the right. if it was there. But it you know it was so fun back then. Yeah. It, it was so great to you know which I try to take my two girls and i they don't miss a hunting season they sitting with me i take pictures of them every year with me in the stands and because i'm wanting them to experience i wish they could experience what shane's kids other kids going yeah you know we you know, did it with, with delia and marley right. kate yes, turkey right. season you know before little. youth weekend mm -hmm. turkey season we bunked out down there at the camp house right. and had a had a fry part. we fried everything in a fry that you could put in there <laughs> i think we even had a fried twinkie y'all drop a twinkie in that hot drink try to reese cup right. and it didn't work out the too reese well. cup melted it was uh -huh. a bad deal but as far as it, and you hope you hope that they carry that memory like us four are carrying that memory today 
and and uh, you know, for the rest of their life. Well, I mean, we've talked about it in here before, and you, my hope, obviously, I, I won't. I've got a, a six year old son that's coming up, and. If I'm gonna be his biggest cheerleader, no matter what he does, if he doesn't even like to hunt, and he plays the flute in the band. Yep. I'm gonna be his biggest biggest cheerleader. But if he doesn't, if he doesn't decide to hunt, I don't want it to be something that I did. I want it to be his decision. And yeah. and I just know recruiting those guys back to the sport. I can tell you what recruited me. It was that hunting club and the atmosphere and those grown men that that came alongside me and mentored me during that time. Uh, it wasn't a hunting experience. And right. so we can give them the best hunting experience in the world and still may miss them recruiting them into the sport. You no know, question. Yeah, I'd argue that you're more likely to lose them because it, it was the sort of the lore and the memory and all of it and the challenge and, and, and I, maybe the struggle was a little dramatic. But had I had opportunities early to sit in a, in a, in a shooting house looking at a, at a green field and, and being told that I can't shoot them or 30 deer out there and I can't shoot. I don't know that I'd have stayed in it. You know, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know how I would have, you know, the kids these days, it's, you can get a little critical where they're not into it. They don't enjoy it. They're not going back, but I don't know what that's like for them. Cause but you got to make it fun for them. Yes. I yeah. mean, listen, it's gotta be fun. There, yeah. You can't have them out if there freezing. If my girls want to go ride those Rangers, and I wish I had an old 185 S they could run down there, but it'd probably be bad. We go be the there's some memories on that side yeah, too. But I, was waiting, on, I was waiting on Shane <laughs> right. to say each year they bring that 185 out, yeah. and somebody in the does <laughs> a donut, donut in the parking lot. That's right. Don't flip it. But but um, you know, I let them. If they want to go ride a Ranger. Now I cringe. That's right. It matter. Yeah, we. Were I the, let them ride and and whatever they want to do. We were at the camp last weekend, and one of the board members he brought his kids up there. I guess they got a little four-wheeler and a little dirt bike for Christmas. And they were riding around the camp. And then all of a sudden, it was midday. Knew everybody was in. They checked the books. They loaded up the the four-wheeler, the motorcycle, and two side-by-side behind them. And they rode the road for about an hour. Right. And then they come back up. Them kids were just a-smiling. But that's part of making it fun for them. Yeah. That's part. It ain't all about the killing. Because I can tell you, my baby girl. She ain't the killer that my oldest girl is, mm. but we play tic-tac-toe in the stand, which I'm pretty good at it. I'd be good at most <laughs> yeah. of But we do, but we talk and we visit, and I find out what's going on in her life. I talk to her. Because, you know, you think about they're, they're volleyballing, they're, they're, they're cheerleading, they're footballing, they're all that. I mean, ain't many times you, you can slow them down and say, hey, let's just talk. But when you carry them in that deer stand, you can talk to them. Yes. And and I find out a lot of things and probably some stuff I don't want to know. <laughs> but, I, you know, but I get to know them as a you got person that one on growing one up. I get them. that one in one of them. And then I get to talk to them about management of deer. And, w- Daddy, why are we shooting these cold deer? Why, you know, why are we shooting these does? You know, so you get to spread that in there on them pretty good. And, and uh, But, you know, that's all part of – it's all part of that, like you said – I guess what we're doing, we're so busy every day. You know, I've seen Brent, he get off work, run, jump, and stand, boom, 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 and we're doing this. And it's just, uh, um, you know, I ain't hunted all week this week. You know, I guess that job's overrated, but, I mean, I've had to do it. And, and I mean, it's just one of those things. But spending those time with those kids, you got to believe that when they have children, that they're going to want to do the same thing. Yes. Yeah, and you talk about, like after work, jumping in the stand. Shane and I have talked about it sometimes. So Shane 
Shane's probably got what you go up to about forty-five sale cameras out there on your place. <laughs> Shane is a sale camera yeah. guru. Yeah, we so, need to edit so, that so the other members won't know yeah, how many yeah, cameras yeah. we got He's, out there. Mark, mark that on y'all the rat him out, man. Yeah, but so he'll spend all week. You know, we'll, we'll talk back and forth at work. Some he's he's looking at these pictures and kind of planning his weekend because it's more of a commitment for him. He's well, you got forty miles probably one way, forty-five where you're hunting, yep. and and so. I can get off work, and there's two or three places I can go jump in the stand on my way home from work. I can decide I want to go hunting when I get off work, and I can generally make a hunt. After hours. After hours, yeah, that's after, right. After y'all shut down. 100% after yeah, hours. Yeah. Uh, it's just more casual. I can casually work in a hunt here and there where he's got this weekend, he plans around it, and they, you know they'll stay stay the night because it's just not – you don't want to drive back and forth right. you're down there, and, and they get that – there's an upside. I got the convenience, but there's also that whole part of it I'm missing out. I'm missing out on. So I guess there's 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 an upside to both scenarios. But it's it's funny that that's the stark difference, yeah. sort of, between where most people I feel like are. But he's got this this cool hunting camp. Well, no doubt. I mean, I, and I've experienced it. And I'll tell you, Shane, I'm, I'm envious of what you guys have. I mean, it's uh, and what y'all are continue to do. It's uh, I wish we could figure out a way to. Um, incorporate what we're doing from a private land management standpoint and incorporate some of those hunting club nostalgic type things that that are so fond in, in my in my memory how you could have the best of both worlds you know what's somewhat related to that and, and i told shane this today uh when the state of mississippi bought all that anderson tully land that had some of those old clubs in it uh 10 point i don't remember what all i know I remember 10 points one of them but those areas were so established and sort of unique where those old clubs were that the state sort of kept them together so now when you put in a draw mm -hmm. on that phil bryant like they've got these hunting these 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 old clubs are different areas inside that management area so you're putting in it for a draw for that specific club or that specific piece of ground that, and that's pretty neat yeah. uh, and i think and you, you said it right then he was bringing it up because that was one guy i was talking to earlier about hunting clubs and he said you know a lot of part of the hunt club that we didn't have back then was a lot more government land to hunt. You didn't have that back then. Yeah. So now, you know, you got the Corps of Engineers. Now we got the Black Prairie Wildlife Management Area. You know, the state of Mississippi, like every other state, um, Kansas and in Wisconsin, I mean, the states are buying a lot of public land, private, non-industrial property, and they're turning them into hunting wildlife management areas. Yeah. Where, you know, you can drop you can draw and then you can do some different things. And, you know, and I guess a lot of people are doing that, but they're kind of like lone wolves. I mean, they're having to hunt on their own and, you know, it's, it's, it's not that, it's not that mentality that Shane and them get to experience. Yeah. And, then when we, and when we were kids, we got to experience. Yeah. It. And I think another thing too, that I know about, I remember back Kenny Hopper was our treasurer and he handled all the, the leases and stuff. And so we probably had 3000 acres, 3,200 acres. And I remember Kenny probably would write 20 to 25 different checks every to, year to with different, different landowners. And we had a continuous track. I mean, so, can you imagine going to rural America right now, or especially rural Mississippi, and putting 3,000 uh, acres together acres. out of 25 different landowners and have them all together? That would be absolutely wow. impossible. Well, how about and, this? Could you imagine trying to manage 48 members? Yeah. You know, different mentality, 
different people, and it's tough. Managing people is tough. And that's the hunting club. That's that's part, and so yeah. that's one thing that yeah, I – Yeah, that's a whole other layer of that hunting club. Layer. And yeah. I remember, especially after visiting other hunting clubs and experience other hunting clubs, the way that A&B was run, that was the name of it, Arnold and Brian. Okay. And they ran it as – and they were the benevolent dictators. And I, I and, and I just remember how smooth that ran, and if it was a problem, they handled it. And they handled it with that individual. And I've been to so many clubs after that. If somebody messed up, guess what we're going to do? We're going to make a rule. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so at the end of the, you know 10 years, we got 473 rules. Ain't no doubt. Uh, yeah, but, that's right. That's right. <laughs> but, you, but you have to to manage that. Now, Mitt, one of your partners, is in Marigold Hunt Club. Okay? Now, that's the cream of the crop on the Mississippi River. And, and I've got a copy of that rule book that – It's not thin, is it? Uh, no. And let me tell you something. When you start talking about a cull buck and you start talking about a minimum of 155 inches and you start talking about a guest can't kill a deer and then you start talking about if a guest does kill a buck, that's your buck. Now, we're not talking about a club that costs $700 to get in. We're talking about a club that's equity shares. Equity shares. So you own that land. So what is it, two or $300,000 for an equity share? And times and, and, times a lot. Times yeah. a lot. It's gone up. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to, you know, but one more comment. But, but, right. but we're talking about we're talking about rules, and 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 I, I couldn't believe the rules. And I and I and I asked him. The guy's name's Bozo. I said, Bozo, how could how can y'all dictate? How can y'all make them? I mean, these are grown men that have paid upwards of four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars to get in this club, and you're just gonna tell me they can't give one buck? He said, That's the way we make rules, and we do it. And, and the reason they can do that is and, because and collectively you can't have what they have by themselves. Just no, like Shane that's what I was going to say. You cannot have it without being collected. Right, and they kill 160 and 70 and 80 inch deer every year, and they manage. But there's plenty of deer for those people to kill. Because I mean, I think I read it. They kill 350 does and a hundred bucks. Cold wow. bucks. I mean, they they. You know, they got biologists that come in and, and really tell them, hey, this is what you're going to kill. They run cameras. But it's just amazing. But that's how clubs have changed because our technology's changed. And you think about, it, Shane, when you was first hunting, you did kill that 10 point your first deer, but you would have blowed a spike down too if yes, you, you would have saw it. Yes. I mean, that's <laughs> just, just happened how it to be was. a 10 point. Right. Yeah, I'm, just for uh, clarity on these Marigold members that may be listening. Chris's motto is a story worth telling is worth embellishing. So just keep that in mind, y'all Marigold members out there. <laughs> I was really, really, I, I'm speaking about that. I, that club, it, it was amazing that their rules, and then I was able to go through it, what they've managed and what they've done. It, it, it really was amazing to see, see that. Our rules are 14 inch inside spread or 18 inch main beam. Okay. And if it's smaller than that, it's a $100 fine. And the doe, it's got to be 60 pounds or bigger, or it's a $100 fine. And then if you mess up again, there's other consequences. Other consequences. And, mm-hmm. Same what I'm interested in is, is the demographic within your club right now. I mean, you just see the, the, the shift in just everybody. I mean, from the guys up at the co-op waiting on to get a sack of ryegrass to the biggest landowner in the area, that shift is moving toward trophy bucks. I mean, it's just the way that and from social media, I mean, all the talk. I mean, if, if it's we're not talking about trophy bucks, it's almost not worth talking about. How many of those members that you have in your hunting club have that mentality versus the old school like we were talking about? Brown is down. Well, uh, Backstrap. Yeah, that's right. Quantity over right. quality. We probably have about 10 of us that, that are, are like serious. that. That'll let them walk. And basically what I tell my kids, I mean, 
once you pull that trigger, you know right there he's not going to grow. It's over with. And, and Jace yeah. has come really good about that, of watching them and – not pulling the trigger, Jeez, and he's a stone cold killer. <laughs> but you and, can, but you can. You're right, Shane. You can teach them young. Yes, as long as you got them something to shoot. Yes, yeah, <laughs> you got right. to listen, y'all. You got to have them something to shoot. Now I turn them loose on the dough, right? Now, and you the members have them something to shoot. Now, the members a, know the Granthams are going to get their dough because no we doubt. like that Hawaiian sausage. Ain't, <laughs> ain't no question. <laughs> Uh, but it's just a uh, have a it's just amazing that y'all still got it y'all still doing it the old way eating breakfast together and that that's that's pretty cool it's yeah. fun and then going back to what Mitt commented on earlier you got probably about four or five guys that take time with my kids that's awesome. a man that, that means a lot yes like Jace was struggling one year having problems shooting the deer getting up and running off. And we just down in the dumps about it. Had one member come up to him, sat him down, and talked with him, and ended up giving him a buck eye. I told him, "Put this in your pocket." And then that afternoon, I was not there. Jace was hunting with my dad, and he killed he killed a buck that afternoon. Oh, I'm so, back. So yeah. it, it, and when he got up there, that member said, "That's that buck eye." You better keep no it on. But you think about it. So from all our standpoints, we've all got kids, and and you think about from that guy. Like so, I put myself in his shoes now. The opportunity to go mentor and go do something mm-hmm. like that to somebody else's kid, just that camp gives you that opportunity too. You know, yeah. like my daughter doesn't care for it anymore. She's she hunted with me. She was young, right. but yeah. the opportunity to go and, and invest in somebody else's kids like that. That's, that's there well, too. That's uh, a dynamic of it, it also. It made me love land at a, at a young age. Didn't have any. My father didn't have any land. It made me personally want land. It made me want something in life to strive for and do. And, it, and it, I mean, I carried it right through high school into college, into my occupation. And, and you know, I was able to end up buying tracks and managing land for people. And I mean, so you think about it, it set the tone, that hunt club mentality. It set the tone for mm-hmm. me, me shooting that buck down in Kemper County in scuba, Mississippi. When I was 13 years old, it set the whole, it set my whole life in, in movement hmm. to where I'm at to this today. And it's pretty amazing. I mean, I, you know, 34 years ago, and Jason told me the days I called Jason, and, and I, I'm 34. That's a, that's a long time. Uh, You're talking about school, Mississippi. A and B was located exactly halfway between my house and my uh, Northwest Community College. And I hope my daddy ain't listening to this, but there's a few <laughs> days I didn't make it to class. <laughs> the fall or spring? It, it was fall. Yes. Didn't have turkeys. <laughs> Brent would be spring. That's yeah. right. Brent would be spring. Uh, it gets tough. Well, what do y'all think, Shane? What, what, what have we not asked you? What do you want? You, you got the mic. Uh, I know y'all are serious about it. You, you've got uh, one I thing think about your Shane. Managing, isn't your dad on the board or an officer? Or are y'all no, involved he, in the managing of the club? Dad rolled off probably two years ago. Okay. I mean, he, he was on there for years, and then he rolled off and got just basically a new group, you younger group in there. Uh, talking about the generations, our president – He's a third generation. Another board member is a third generation. And even one board member is a fourth generation member. So, I mean, and you see, talking with the president last night, I mean, you see where he wants to take the club and everything because he grew up there and he's got the ownership in it. So you see it going in a, a, a new direction. 
That's well, good. That, that that's intentional. That thought process yep. is intentional about that, and 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 recruiting the right members with families and young people and teaching yes. that, and so it'll be sustainable. That's, yep. uh, that's what we were talking about. You know, you look at this, and and we talk about all the time about retention and recruiting and getting people into this, and that's a good way. Family yeah. oriented. Yeah. I mean, the shame that hunting camp atmosphere. The people you know, that know shame. Family oriented. I mean, yeah. he Look, is that, always. That's what they do it do. together. They do it together. And that, that's one. That's that's a cool thing about it. It's fun to watch. It's fun to watch them succeed. It's look. It's fun. I don't think that was Jason's first turkey. Where I think he might have killed one before that. Yeah, he killed one remember, before. That was a lot of fun to be in on that, and, and uh, we got some work to do to get Carson one. That's it, right. It, it almost came together last year in the snow, and that would have been something neat. But we'll get it done right. you talk about the family atmosphere and the mentality uh i got a wife that's really involved with with her hunt with her hunting and everything and then uh uh like last friday i killed a good buck and i immediately went to texting uh she dropped what she was doing because carson wanted to ride out there and look at it and jenny was excited too they rode out there and actually jace was on a date headed to starful in the in his car he turned around went back and got his truck and left Matheson to come out there to wow. enjoy the experience. That's amazing. Yeah, that's so, cool. Got a big and, group and was, picture of them together. I had uh, Brent getting back. We was talking about the the financial part of it. Uh, when I called that guy to to get my dates right on that Kemper County Hunt Club and how long they had been in there, he said he had gotten a club. He had married a a lady and and his name was Charlie Stuttered and Charlie had married and her daddy was the head of that club. He started actually helped start it. Mm-hmm. And he said his dues, he got into 1970, and his dues were $20 a member. Wow. 1970. Mm. And he told me that, and I thought that was a pretty cool thing to share, you know. And uh, it, it, look, a piece of deer meat back 1970, that was a major thing. Because, I mean, you didn't see many deer back then. Shane, I, we didn't have turkeys when I came up, and, and so I didn't know what a turkey was until I came down here to Mississippi State. But knowing that y'all have turkeys in y'all's hunting club i think that some one of the first rules that i would suggest making in in that when you fill out that application it's on there i know where you're going turkey hunt it's on there if you fill out yes on that you get filed and you will be you will be blackballed you out i can tell you you got to have one heck of a reference to get past that one don't you brent knows some of the oh has met some of the turkey hunters out there yeah that's one of the things when we get to the meeting that's one of the things They ask, are you a turkey hunter? Yep. They say, yep. You better mark on that. I squirrel hunt only. I squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> Bass fish. That's right. That's I all. have a big tractor. <laughs> yeah. That's right. And I never hunt. Yeah. I love work days. Uh, I, got a, I got a tractor. Yeah, yeah. So if you're trying to get in Shane's hunting club, visit with me. I can help you fill out your application. <laughs> I know I That's good stuff there. Yeah. That is good. It's uh, um, it, it's it's. It's been fun going down memory lane, I'm going to tell you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a just a one. cool piece of the heritage and, yeah. you know, the traditions. And, uh, and uh, look, it's cool that it's still going on. And it's smaller scale, and I don't know that, you know, it's it's just the way things are now. We, big tracks getting broke up, but uh, it's a neat piece of it. Yeah. We, we You know, we were kind of kidding about the turkey hunt, and I was talking to one of my buddies that uh, managed some, some land from Westervelt. Westervelt has right. a bunch of land they lease out. And they said over the last, you know, eight to ten years, um, they rarely are getting any phone calls about leasing deer hunting land. Before that, every phone call they got was, I need some, I need a place to lease them for deer hunting. Well, it's about turkeys now. They don't even ask about deer hunting. Um, so it's, it's really interesting, the shift, the way, you know, into what turkey hunting is becoming 
you know, the new duck hunting, I guess. Ain't no question. Maybe they won't get into it. Maybe. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> Too late. Anyway. Well, Shane, thank you for, uh, I appreciate for spending you, some time Shane. with us. I appreciate yeah. you having me. Yeah, this is this is one of those we wanted to do. This is, a, a like I said, a cool a cool topic to talk about and kick around. I'm glad to have somebody close to us that's involved in it. I will tell you this. I hope one of my kids kill a deer this weekend so we put it on the skinning rack and have that corn bag sitting up there. <laughs> oh, golly. <laughs> you know Brent put him up to that. Yeah, <laughs> we got a bunch of comments oh, on that. Oh, man, I'll tell you what. We've The, the response, if, I didn't set out to do it, but it's a good way to gauge that engagement, man, because I've gotten people reaching out, and they can't wait to I to imagine they've been over to co-op reaching out, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's a given. Post yeah. a picture with that corn right, That's right. That's right. All right, well, look, I appreciate y'all tuning in. It's been a good one. I guess we'll wrap it up here. Uh, Shane, like Mitt said, appreciate we you coming appreciate in. appreciate you coming and, in, and sure. Yeah. Thank you. Y'all, uh, Appreciate y'all, the listener. Y'all keep doing it and uh, give us some feedback. Let us know what you want to hear. And uh, we'll see you next time. We out.